Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. Have you ever had a disagreement cause division in a relationship? I know you have, because I know I have. My wife, Jenny, and I, we sometimes have disagreements. And I remember back to when our son was little, and he was, I think he was like not even a year old. He's a little guy. And how many of you guys know, uh, probably the hardest job, the most work, the, the, the most amazing and wonderful job in the whole world, and most important job in the whole world, is mom's parenting little babies. It's so demanding, but you're also shaping and forming this little life. And I remember a moment where my wife was feeling overwhelmed and it was feeling, she was, she was sometimes, uh, you know, this moment, she was looking kind of through the negative lens of things. Um, I tend to be a little bit more of an optimist to a fault. And so she was talking about how hard things were and I was trying to help her. I was wanting to give her something to encourage her, uh, just to try to think, you know, because like, like, you know, uh, how how can you look at the positive side? And so I said something along the lines of, "Hey, just you know what? You don't have to be anywhere anytime. You get to focus on our family. You get to make your own schedule. Uh, we live in Santa Cruz. It's beautiful. Pretend like you're on vacation. Pretend like you're on vacation." And in my mind, I was trying to help her to just change her mindset and think positively. But what she heard as a young mom with a young child that's always demanding, she heard me say that moms, being a stay-at-home mom is like being on vacation. And she took it as a slap in the face and uh, almost assaulted me violently. But because of her kind nature, she... uh, over time has learned to forgive. But how many of you guys know sometimes a disagreement uh, or a miscommunication can cause division? And you know what, we're, we're, we're coming back in person. This series is called In Person. Who knew that the word in person would have such meaning after a year of social distancing? June 15th, they're saying is gonna be the 100% open day of California. I know there's a lot of people that are gonna throw like the biggest post-COVID parties ever, and it's going to be like the most awkward party because people haven't been in person. We haven't seen some people. So cool last weekend at Easter Sunday, getting to see some people that I haven't seen in, in over a year. But how many of you guys know, like those interactions can be kind of awkward. You're like, how do I shake hands? It's like this weird little fist bump, gear shift, high five. What am I doing? Are we hugging? I don't know. Like it, there's an awkwardness around the in-person and so we wanted to speak to this here at, at Hope because I think the Bible has a lot to say. There's so many principles, whether you're married or you're dating or you have friends or relatives, family, like we all are in relationship with some people. And the, the Bible, God's word, gives us principles and wisdom in how to grow in relationship and handle difficult relationships. And so what I want to start with today is talk about disagreements. We've lost the ability to have relationship with people we disagree with. 
Would you say that? In our culture, in our world, we've lost the ability to continue on in relationship with people that have a different opinion. And it's really scary. I don't believe that this is God's heart for, for people to, to not be able to have a conversation anymore with someone that we have a different opinion on. You know, there's a lot of complex issues facing our world today, and we all can have different opinions on them. But, um, but what's happened now is that there's a polarization where it's pushed us further and further apart because of social distancing, because of technology, all the different ways we have to communicate has actually pushed us further apart. It's crazy. And then second of all, there's a dehumanization where instead of seeing a person now, we see the issue. We see the disagreement as bigger than the actual person. And then it leads to demonization where we look at a person, how could they be a good person? They must be a bad person if they believe that. So we, we almost like demonize and vilify different people that have different views and disagreements. And this happens, not, I'm not just talking about on Facebook, this happens like within families, within friends. And there's people now that are, are, are their relationships are estranged because of these disagreements. And I believe that it's God's heart that we would learn how to navigate and have relationships how to not just agree to disagree, but actually move forward in a relationship with someone that we disagree with, especially in the body of Christ. I believe as Jesus followers, we're meant to look different in the way that we relate to others. I believe that, that uh, you know, when we're in person, there's a difference. You know, when you're texting someone or when you're, you're on Facebook or whatever, you're emailing, uh, but being able to see someone in the grocery store or walking out on East Cliff and seeing a person face to face, it changes our perspective. Instead of just seeing a disagreement or an issue, we see an actual person that God made, that God loves. And I believe that God wants us to, to have a, a different way to look at this. Let's look at God's word for guidance because this is not a new thing. Did you know that? It's definitely gotten worse, but it's not a new thing. Maybe it's gotten different. It hasn't gotten worse, but this is something that's happened since the beginning of time, going all the way back to when Adam and Eve sinned, immediately the walls came up. The fingers started getting pointed, right? The, the disagreement became a division uh, to where even their, their children, Cain and Abel, there was murder. There's, I mean, it's crazy what happens when sin enters the world. And we live in a divisive world with a divisive enemy. The snake is still alive and well today. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. We talked about that last week in our message. But how does he do that? How does he destroy? It's called divide and conquer. If he can divide us, he can destroy us. But I believe that God's called us to a greater sense of unity. Let's look at this passage right here, Romans 14, 5 through 12. One, one person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord. And gives thanks to God, for none of us, uh, for none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that we might, so He might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? 
For we will all stand before God's judgment seat, as it is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. That's sobering to remember that every one of us is going to stand before God someday. He's going to be like, Danny, um, how about those Santa Cruz years, right? Let's, let's talk about that. And I'm going to have to give an account for my actions and the way that I treated people. And sometimes we've made these issues. That even in the scriptures, you can see where they had an issue about which day is sacred. Is it Sunday? Is it Saturday? Should we eat meat? Should we not eat meat? You know, and these issues become almost like life and death. Are they really issues that we want to die for? Are they issues that we want to divide us? And I, I believe that Paul's calling believers to a higher level that we recognize before God, we're going to stand judgment before God. And we're not to hold other people in contempt over some of these different opinions. We live in, again, we live in a divisive world, but I believe that there's a way forward. Uh, thinking about Abram and Lot, right? Their relatives, they had a disagreement. They actually parted ways, right? They went a different way, but Abram still prayed for Lot when his city was going to be uh, judged. He prayed that he would be saved because there was still a relationship there. And I believe that God's called us to, to love and pray for those, not only that are different from us, that have different opinions, but those that actually persecute us, that hate us. Think about that. That's the level that Jesus calls us to, is love for our enemies. And a lot of times, the disagreements we're talking about in our world, they're not necessarily our enemies. They're not people that hate us. Although sometimes it's almost become like that, where we've, we've made other people enemies that don't need to be. Look at what it says uh, in, in the body of Christ. Difference doesn't need to be division. Difference doesn't need to be division. In fact, difference is meant to be celebrated. Look at what the scripture says. The head still needs the foot. 1 Corinthians 15, 25, 21, and 25. I'm sorry, uh, 15, 20, 25, and 21 says that I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Actually, that's 1 Corinthians 12. Forgive me. 21 and 25. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot say to the feet, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Right? We all need each other. And look at what it says in verse 25. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concerns for each other. We're meant to be different. We're meant to be, um, we're meant to be unified but different. I think a lot of times we define unity that we're all the same. And I don't believe that that's the truth. I don't think that that is unity. I believe that unity in the definition of unity is when different people can become one. Different people can work together for the same cause. And that's what we're called to in Christ. We're meant to be different. In fact, God celebrates how we're different. We have different functions. Like the hand is different than the nose. Thank God. Because if your hand and your nose, you would be able to smell or you would be able to Grab that cup of coffee in the morning. Like we have different parts of our body that work together for a reason. In the same way, in the body of Christ, we have different passions, different heartbeats. Aren't you thankful for that? Some people have more of a passion to go out and reach people. Some people have more of a passion to teach people. Some people have more of a passion to go serve the poor. Like these are all biblical values and yet we're different. And if the whole church was one thing, we'd be out of balance. We need all of it. We need all the different parts of the body um, working together, you know, so that we can, we can be one, so we can show the world who Jesus is. The world will only see Christ when we're different, 
yet working together as one. So how do we do that? How do we be united in our differences? I got three things for you really quick. The first thing, I think it starts with listening. Listening is a lost art and it's a lost heart. What do I mean by that? That me, Listening takes empathy and compassion and love. And it's a lost art. It's a lost heart. We've lost the heart to listen. We're too busy communicating and speaking and almost even shouting at each other to even take the time to listen and look, to seek to understand before being understood. Understanding where another person is coming from, it takes confidence about who you are. I think a lot of times we, we look at listening as weakness or listening as agreement, but it's not either of those things. In fact, I think it takes strength to listen. It takes confidence about who you are. Like, for instance, like if as a Christian, if I'm gonna listen to someone who's Buddhist or Muslim or Hindu uh, or atheist and really get to know the person but actually listen to them, I have to be confident in who I am and not insecure. If I'm insecure, then I'm going to try to fight and argue. But if I'm confident that I believe and I know my relationship with God, I can listen to someone from a different opinion, different belief, and actually look past that and listen to them and, and seek to understand where they're coming from. And Jesus called us to this, you guys. Jesus called us to be the greatest servant of all. When have you been to a restaurant and your server doesn't listen to you? Have you ever had that happen? Right? You order that cup of coffee with cream and sugar and they bring you a cup of coffee with sugar but no cream. And we get angry pretty quickly. The anger level rises pretty quickly, right? And we're like, I'm not going to give you a tip because you forgot, you didn't listen to my request. But that's what God's called us to be as Jesus followers. We're called to be servants. And you can't serve someone if you don't listen to them, right? We got to listen. We got to listen and, and, and seek to hear what people are, are, are communicating and be open to different perspectives. We need to even be open to being wrong, too. I think it's important. You know, we can't live like Kanye. Y'all not going to tell me nothing. Y'all can't tell me nothing, right? Well, that's what Kanye's famous phrase. We can't live like Kanye. We got to be listening to people and, and be willing to understand their perspective. Maybe they have, maybe there, there's some truth to what they're saying. Maybe there's something we can learn. I believe there's something we can learn from everyone. Even if we totally disagree with them, we can still learn something from them. James 1.19, this like, I need to like put this on my mirror in the morning because this does not come naturally to me. I love to, you know, like the old uh, saying of ready, fire, aim. Like, like uh, it's so hard for me to listen. It's easy for me to speak. Uh, but this, this is something I'm growing in. I'm 42 years old and I hope I'm gr I've grown a lot, but I, I want to continue to grow in this. James 119, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry instead of the opposite, right? We can be slow to listen, quick to speak and quick to get angry you didn't get my cream, my sugar, and my coffee. Come on. Like we can get all fired up, right? But we got to listen. Number two, I think we do have to speak, but we got to be intentional in the way that we speak. We need to speak to build up. We need to use words to win others over, to not win the argument, but to win people, to build other people up. 
um, and lift people up, right? That's why God gave us our tongue. The power of life and death is in the tongue, the scripture says in Proverbs. And we have the ability to speak life and to lift people up or tear people down. And it's so important that we use our tongue for, the, for, for building people up. Um, and we got to ask the questions sometimes. Before we speak, ask, ask some questions. Is this the hill that I'm called to die for? We've made division over some things that I don't think are necessarily the hill that we're called to die for, right? And some things have become super political. And it's like, really? Okay, we might have a different opinion about it. But like, is it something that's worth torching a relationship over, right? Like, I mean, I'm not even going to go there, but you know, you could talk about masks or you talk about vaccines or social distancing and these things, like they're just basic medical things. Okay. They really are. Um, and we, I'm not even going to tell you my opinion about it because you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. All that matters is love and that I use my words to build other people up. And, uh, one of my friends, uh, said this. I think this, this speaks to this. There's a passage that says, don't let any unwholesome words come out of your mouth, but what is helpful for building others up, right? That's from Ephesians. And my friend said this. He says, ask three questions when you speak. My friend Dan, who lives in the UK and he makes video games for a living, my son's dream. Uh, but this guy, he said this and it stuck with me. He said, ask three questions when you're going to speak. Does it need to be said? Does it need to be said by me? And number three, does it need to be said by me right now? You've probably heard me say that before. I think it's just a really good filter to go through before we speak. Am I using something to, you know, and hard truths sometimes need to be spoken. And sometimes you and I need to be the people that communicate hard truths. But am I doing it in a way that's going to actually build somebody up, right? Am I, uh, you know, stabbing them in the front instead of stabbing them in the back? I think sometimes we need to be stabbed in the front with some truth. But am I doing it in a way that's loving? Am I doing it in a way that's building people up? Because sometimes we got to figure out, we got to remember, is this the battlefield? Is this the battle I'm, I'm called to fight? And then is this, am I fighting the right battle on the right battlefield? I think about Jesus who stood, he was silent, standing trial. Because his battlefield was on the cross. His battlefield was not in the argument. His message was laying down his life. And sometimes we speak words and they get out there and you can't unsay them. Like, like moms are on vacation. Like you could quote, don't please, whatever you do, if you don't ever quote me on that, because that's not what I meant. But once the toothpaste comes out of the toothpaste container, what, you know, it comes out of the, the roll, you can't get it back. You say it and it comes out and, oh my gosh, like that's the last thing I meant, right? But I said it and it took time. And now my wife and I joke about it. Like it's our, it's, we can laugh, we can joke. But in the moment, let me tell you, it, it wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> um, Voltaire, who was known for his criticism of Christianity, uh, you know, I don't necessarily agree with him, but listen to what he said. I thought this was a really, this is a profound statement. He said, everything you say should be true, but not everything true should be said. Just because it's true doesn't mean it needs to be said. And so we got to remember how am I using my words? Am I speaking to build people up? Uh, because when you listen well and you speak well and you love others, it diffuses anger. Anger evaporates, right? Perfect love casts out fear 
and listening and speaking in a way that builds people up respectfully, kindly, using words to, to help others. Um, it diffuses that anger. It def- and, and what it does is it, 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 it dissolves division. It allows for there to be love. And that's the ultimate goal. Love is the ultimate diffuser, right? I, I believe love is the perfect theology, right? Jesus boiled it all down to love. And even in his final moments on the cross, Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Love covers a multitude of sins. First Peter 4, 8 says, above all else, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. First Corinthians 13, if you've ever been to a wedding or a funeral, you've heard this passage, but it's so good. Listen to this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. There's a lot of things that are important in this life. But at the end of our life, at the end of the day, what will they say about us? What will we be thinking about in our final moments? It's not going to be, there's a lot of things that it's not going to be, but one of the greatest things I believe it will be is how well did I love? How well did I, did I communicate that love to others and live my life in such a way that people were loved by God through me? That's ultimately, you know, the, the mark of a human, human's life is how well did we love? And that's what Jesus laid his life down for was love. Jesus boiled the whole scriptures down to one thing, love. So in order to do that, we got to value the person over the disagreement. We got to see every person as someone that God loves, that Jesus died for. And seek not to win the argument, but to win the person because we value the person. And sometimes we got to remember that like an unbelieving world is watching. There's people who wrestle with their faith or maybe have have yet to um, open up their life to faith in God. And they look at us as Christians. They look at the, the church. And I think we have an opportunity to model how to love one another. I mean, that's there's so many times in the scriptures where the Bible tells us to love one another. Jesus' prayer, the only prayer that he prayed, he prayed a number of prayers, but the only prayer he prayed for future believers, John 17, is that they would be one Right, that, that we would be known for our love, that the world would see that Jesus is in us by the way that we love others. Like that is it. We're called to love and be unified, not because we're the same, but because we're different. That's how it's a that's why why it's a witness to the world. Right? It's not a witness to the world if we all have the same outfit and the same talk the same and act the same. And like like it's a witness to the world when they show up somewhere and we're all different, coming from different lives and backgrounds, economically, socially, ethnically, like, like this multi-ethnic, like multi-generation, like multi, just different views and all this stuff. Like we come together under the banner of Christ. We can eat pancakes together. That's what I love about hope is that like, we're not eating pancakes right now. We will soon, but like showing up on a Sunday, being able to sit down and eat pancakes. And it's like people from all different walks of life 
you probably wouldn't see them all sitting together at the same table anywhere else in Santa Cruz except for Sunday morning at the church. And I believe that we're called to be a place of unity through Christ, that we would love each other and in our families, in our friendships, that we can model that. Because there's people that need hope, especially right now. There's people that are looking for hope, that have questions, that are looking for God. And as a church, we have an opportunity to win them and to share the love of Christ with them. I love what the Apostle Paul says, and this was kind of his life message. I mean, he was like a total missionary, right? He just, he felt called to go to people, to win people, to reach people. And look at what he says about freedom. I think this is really profound for us today. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone. Like we love freedom, right? Freedom in Christ. But because we're free in Christ, it empowers us to lay down our freedom. It empowers us to lay down our rights so that we can love others. Look at what he says. To win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. To those uh, not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those having the law. To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessing. blessings. What a beautiful gospel it is that God loved the world, that he died for us, for people, that he left the 99 to go after that one sheep and the, the, the parable that Jesus told about God's heart, his love for people. Um, I love how Jesus tells a story in Luke 15 about the lost coin and the lost sheep and the lost son to show us how much people, that one, that lost person matters to God. And that's you and me, friends, right? That's, what, that's God's heart for us. And I think it's important that we remember how much people matter to God, that we don't write people off, that we don't judge people and condemn people and hold them with contempt because they have a different opinion than us or that we have a disagreement with them, that we can look past that to see the person that God loves, that God created in the image of God. Every person he created with the image of God. And there's something beautiful, there's something powerful in that person because of the image of God in them and that we could see them for that. I believe that it's beautiful and powerful when those outside the church see us listening and loving others from a different perspective. Not even that, but actually being unified, being one, working together, serving together, growing together for a greater purpose, and that is the beautiful gospel of Jesus, the good news, the love of God, the love of Christ. And I think I'm so encouraged by when I what I see here at Hope Church, when I see people that I know personally and uh, and I love and, and coming from different perspectives. I, I see people that might disagree about certain things, but they're serving together for a greater purpose, for the cause of winning people winning our community, showing our community unity and love for the sake of Christ. It's beautiful. 
And I, I want to encourage us in our relationships. Where do you have a difference or a disagreement that's causing disunity? We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways that you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find Hope. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.